0: Um speaking of morbid time, Steven Soderbergh, So Uh wait, I haven't we haven't started yet. <laughs> Bullshit, this is gold. <laughs> okay.
1: Welcome back to Gentlemen Prefer Bonds. I'm Will Daniel and I'm Will Schleck. And it's Morbid Time. It's Morbid Time, baby. We're not talking about Morbius tonight though. Yeah.
2: But it is uh, it, nevertheless it is Morb Morbid Time. It's always Morbid Time. Uh, I got what We are talking
0: about the Morbius of uh of movies about runaway spies maybe
2: sure yeah uh i've got one you know one thing to say to you guys before we get started movies
0: (laughs) yeah
1: i i I mean gina carano and jared leto might might have similar uh audience approval ratings in in 2022 yeah Uh, probably valid (laughs) valid uh so we're Continuing our, our series of uh, Bond-inspired or uh, movies that inspired Bond in, in some ways uh, and talking about Steven Soderbergh's Haywire, uh, for this kind of spin-off series, I've put a bunch of movies into a bag that I associate with James Bond in some way. Uh, we kind of lucked out. Our first three were three of the most logical movies that could come after a James Bond series. We did Austin Powers, Mission Impossible, and then Born Identity. Uh, I don't think anyone's really heard of of Haywire. Um, I've only heard of it because we like randomly uh, went into a theater and, and saw it. Um, it uh, we we kind of saw it in the best circumstances where we were in Hollywood for the uh, American Film Institute Festival. Uh, we were trying to see Melancholia. We got sold out of that. Some guys on the street were like, you guys want to see Haywire and sold us these tickets for five bucks. Uh, I was in the the huge screen at the the Chinese Theater uh Steven Soderbergh and and most of the cast was was there. Uh and yeah, just packed crowd that that was into the movie. It was a, a good time. Yeah. Um Steven Soderbergh I think said there that his his whole I think they made this movie pretty fast. It was basically him watching TV, seeing Gina Carano beating the shit out of someone MMA cage fight and uh, Saying something like, why is Angelina Jolie the only woman who gets to run around and shoot people in, in the movies? I want to build a spy movie around this lady. Uh, he called her up. She was like, sure, I'll be in a movie. And she she just lost a fight, like, the day before he called her. She was like, yeah, well, I'll try movies now. Uh,
0: well, no, to be fair to her, she had been in film before that. What was her first one? I do research. I believe it was called <laughs> Ringside in 2006. Okay. Did I know that before this movie? Nope. But do I know it now? Yep. Channing was Tatum a, said. Is that
2: a, a narrative feature film or was it a documentary?
0: Uh, it was a documentary animated film. Uh, is I believe what it. No, I don't know. I I told you I do research. I didn't tell you I did good research.
2: Okay.
0: Um, I will tell you right now that uh, in uh, 2000. Uh, oh, well, where did I read it? Eh, that is probably something that is like semi, um, uh, uh, the word that you said, a, a documentary thing. Yeah. She was also, though, in a film called Blood and Bone in 2009, Ooh. and she voiced a character in Command and Conquer Red Alert 3. Okay. Wow. Um, in 2008. So she's always had the bug, as we like to call <laughs> yeah. it in the, in the <laughs> and biz. the <that> biz. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that bug got this whole movie sick. Continue.
1: Yeah, I watched all eight minutes of the behind the scenes that were on the, the Blu-ray and included Channing Tatum being like, yeah, I didn't know if I would be able to do this movie with my schedule. And once I figured out that I can just make it work, they were like, great, like show up to this place tomorrow and start training. <laughs> just like they're filming a couple weeks later. Uh, this movie's written by Lem Dobbs, who wrote uh, Dark City, The Limey and The Score, among other things. Uh, did you enjoy this movie?
2: Um, yeah, I enjoyed. That it. is
0: a pregnant. That is a pregnant pause.
2: <laughs> I think. It, I think it has a lot of issues. Uh huh. I think. The, it. It certainly feels like a movie that's just sort of thrown together really quickly. Yeah. And. It's got some fun moments. Got some sort of classic, what I'd call. Soderbergh head scratching moments for me. Where I'm just kind of like, why does why was this in there at all? And. Uh, but on the whole, I enjoyed it. I. It's got some really fun moments and. Yeah. I think it sort of peaks earlier on than later, Mm -hmm. but uh,
1: yeah, Fassbender fight scene is that's probably the best moment (laughs)
2: in the movie. Yeah, and and I feel like it kind of loses steam after that. Kind of like it's like a balloon just sort of slowly letting out the helium. But yeah, on the whole, I enjoyed it. it. It's a really easy watch. You don't have to actually think about it that much. And yeah,
0: this movie. Simultaneously wants to be longer and shorter, which is impressive because it's like an hour thirty. Yeah. Um, and it, but at the same time, like at certain points of it, you're like, this drags. I don't know how. I don't know how ninety minutes can drag, but like it does. And at other points, there are the scenes that that flash by, just as you said, in a very Soderberghian fashion which in other movies can come, off come across as stylized, but here come across as lazy. Hmm. There's other things where you're just like, why in the world is this scene a minute and a half instead of like four minutes? Yeah, Like there's so much better information that could have been parsed. There's better ways to do certain things like this. I, I personally think that this story is cool and, and like in no way bad. And I, I kind of want someone to remake it as like a six hour... Disney Plus show. Yeah. Like, this could totally fill with just better, longer fight scenes. This could be, could fill one of those, like, we don't, I guess we don't call them series any now, but, like, ex- exclusive limited-time series or whatever, you know, long, drawn-out thing we're calling them now. Um, I think this could have been really, really cool instead of what it is, which is, like, fine.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy it on the whole. Just, it's... Soderbergh kind of likes to dip his toes in, in everything and, and challenge himself and try new things. And this seemed to be like, you know, he'd made kind of thrillers and, and heist movies, of course, but this was his first crack, maybe only crack at like an action movie. Uh, and so just him him doing that and, and being his own cinematographer, I think he's shot most of his own movies under a different name since like Traffic 20 years ago. Uh, that and then the fact that I don't believe there's any stuntmen in this movie. I think all the actors learn the choreography. I know Fassbender didn't have a stunt double. I don't think Tatum or um, uh, Ewan McGregor did either. And obviously the movie's about Carano doing her her thing. Um, But that, just his style and the the, um, David Holmes score, I think is really fun, kind of carry it for me. And uh, I definitely uh, enjoy it.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll wait. I'll actually wait to say this later about the whole Soderbergh dipping his toe into things. I think that'll be a better conversation at the conclusion of this. When we're okay. Yeah. Have have. The... Rankin movies, but discussion. yeah, I. You know, again, I think the this movie it opens with a big bang. That diner scene's really, really cool, and funny yeah. in Channing Kingdom, and You're kind of like, oh, you know, what the what yeah. the heck's going on here? <laughs> That's all really fun. I think it makes one of its big head scratcher moves right immediately following that, which is, why does this kid need to be driving her around and all that? And he kind of doesn't really serve any greater purpose in the plot down the road. And I, one thing so, that
1: do, I, do you think it's this movie is better if it just goes completely? chronological and the kid's not in it she can steal a car and just you know kind of the same thing can happen with the state police getting killed by yeah those guys so I, that that's a better movie for you
2: yeah i just i don't think he serves any purpose and like it almost makes it worse when like they'll cut back and she's asking if he like remembers names and it's like oh my gosh yeah. that feels like so ridiculously well, trying if, to be if the like,
0: it feels like every single scene is trying to justify the choice to have that character there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the choice is clearly, like, she's worried that she's going to die. And so, so, uh, Ken- Kenneth? Ken. So Ken is going to get away with it. Um And, like, that is the actual reasoning behind it. But, like, it didn't have to be there. It's not, especially because he's not in the whole movie. He's, yeah, he, and he never, she ends up surviving.
2: He never comes back. And let's be honest, if she's gonna get killed, like that guy's getting killed too. It's not like she's like giving exactly. her like you know you're gonna go off with this information. That's just like one of those classic moves where it's just like, why is this in here? Yeah, why maybe. Am I, why is the story unfolding? through her narrating it to this person, I think it works yes. better without him in there and just seeing it all. I, I do you like You could have just the... started it
0: after, you could have just started it right after Barcelona when she's at home. We could have started her at home. We're not quite sure what, it's a. It's just a woman who is just like in a towel and she's home from a business trip and her, uh, clearly an ex-boyfriend comes in and says yeah. that she, she has to go on this last minute business trip. Paul's gonna be there. You love Paul. We all love Paul. And then she can go to, to 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 uh to ireland and suddenly it's a spy movie
2: oh yeah that like, actually that is could more, have been... more interesting to me as a jumping off point yeah i, I think it, too.
1: it yeah. does really work though in in the first scene because you start and if if you don't know what you're going into you just have no idea what's happening it's just i like that first scene of channing tatum comes in and is like dude i'm hungover. get in the car and she's like i'm not going to and he's like fine and then he just throws coffee in her face and breaks a catch no, up. Yeah, not yeah. not
2: taking anything but, away the fight from that scene. Scene's awesome.
0: yeah. I love But that. I also I weirdly I dislike that it it because it doesn't actually start that way. It oh, starts wait. with her being a feral animal in the fucking woods. And I don't like that part because like it's the literal start is her face up in the in the woods and and, and clearly casing the joint. Like just have her walking in. Yeah. You can have her walking in, looking over the left shoulder, looking over the right shoulder, nervous. Yeah, come in, and then you're like, "Oh crap! Is it a bad ex boyfriend? Is this? Is that?" And then you can have the same scene, but it starts like like uh, a, a a crazy like it starts like a horror film. Honestly,
2: yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that as well. I, I wasn't really thinking about that, but it it would have just been better to start in the diner with her just already in that beer, yeah like, waiting because you're like, okay, well this person's waiting who are they what are they like the establishing shot is already so cagey yeah
1: but i i feel like for for this kind of thing like that that could work but i I like in in certain cases i guess more more towards the end of the movie we get it too where we're simultaneously like cutting back and forth between before and after the present which um i i think works when the story is like this relatively simple of like this is going to spice it up a little and yeah he does that in a lot of movies. I, I'm
2: not necessarily bothered by the non-linearness. That didn't throw me very much. I'm cool with it being you know some some things in the past and then the present and yeah it's just it's more little choices that are kind of stuck out to me like why did you really need this or but...
0: or to be dead honest there's a lot of the moments that are, there are a lot of moments that are legitimately funny but because so much of the movie is played Dead serious, the comedy makes no sense. Like, mm-hmm. there are parts that are there because the cast, by the way, if you're a person that, if, if you've ever seen this, the cast is amazing. Yeah, yeah. The cast is insane. Fastbender, McGregor, Tatum, who's doing a great job doing yeah. his thing, doing the thing he does. Michael Douglas, Antonio Banderas, Banderas. Uh, and even the quote unquote, The Kid is an actor I really, yeah. really uh, like. Um, Michael uh Angurano. Yeah, he, like I thoroughly enjoy him. I think he's a really great character actor. And he's good in this weird part they've put him in.
1: Oh, and this is you know, that's the thing with, with someone like Steven Soderbergh, is you can make a movie for this is made for about twenty million and just call in all the favors and get michael douglas and antonio banderas to work for for nothing yeah i'm sure yeah. you know well, he probably it, <laughs> said to channing tatum like i'm gonna make you a movie star this yeah. year you know magic mike comes out like six months after this
0: like just be in this movie yeah. for five minutes we forgot <laughs> a big
2: one too bill paxton also. oh yeah
0: yeah 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 well i bet also yeah he like he calls antonio banderas and he's like hey would you like to walk down a hallway in a cool <laughs> trench coat? And he's like, "Yes, do yes, you, I would." Do
1: you want to hang out in a Spanish villa for yeah, yeah. And <laughs> a exactly. Day. exactly. And those are your two. Do main you want your scenes.
0: only scenes, yeah, exactly. And then your other scene, you get to hang out in an office with Michael Douglas <laughs> and shoot the shit. And he's like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, please, I would, I would love to do that."
1: Yeah, re- relating it to to James Bond, that there's. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of um there, there's some shades of of bond meeting uh vesper on the the train when uh fastbender and um and Carano are are in the bar and he starts kind of sizing her up and like oh I bet you got into fights a lot as a kid and yeah you this is the the type that gets re- recruited
2: yeah there is i I got that exact same thing from that and then and he kind of goes into his past or whatever and that very much felt like an homage to that casino royale scene
0: this movie yeah you also uh, have the really good so sorry go ahead
1: i was just gonna say that this movie and uh x-men first class which i think come out maybe six months apart or so feel like fassbender's audition for bond for to me
0: sure yeah and i the speaking of the the another super bondian moment is all the stuff in uh uh in Ireland feels particularly fondy, like when she takes his phone yeah. uh when they're actually at everything at the party from literally she she wanders off she lies about knowing a person she watches uh the bad guys talk it out um she go she knows walking into the hotel room that there's going to be a fight but she lets the fight happen because she wants to be sure like on her own terms all of those things feel yeah. Really, really good in that sort of spy craft way. It is very particularly old Bond.
1: Oh, and old Bond also is her just grabbing Channing Tatum's belt and whipping it off and being like, "We're having sex now."
3: Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, that,
1: that was Connery in a way that you can only do nowadays with a woman coming on to a man. I think.
2: Yeah. But you're right. That, that I think the movie really peaks with that Ireland, that whole Ireland sequence. Yeah. And, it feels very Bonnie, and it feels very like this really fun spy craft. It's just kind of fun and interesting, and it culminates in this
1: really cool hotel fight scene. And then f- feels uh, really like born when she's running away from the the SWAT team.
3: Yeah,
0: I will say that. I will say though, because <laughs> we've now complimented the movie several times how many different weird head coverings <laughs> and they put Gina Carano in I don't know who dressed who the who the who the customer was for this but like they go from from like fiddler on the roof head covering in Barcelona to just the worst hat the world's <laughs> shittiest it's hat like a knit hat the... yeah <laughs> yeah it's like at a jaunty angle like she's going to sell me a newspaper like the, like there there is there are so many weird head choices and then later on when she really needs to get down to business they put her in dreads yeah uh, she uh, like the whole thing but that but they they whoever did that choice forgot that she's just going to Mexico. Which now just means that she's any American woman that has been to Mexico, which means that you show up there, you have a couple of margaritas, and you're like, well, I've got to <laughs> You're like, or sorry, not dreads, but cornrows. She has the- you're, you're Suddenly you're like, I have to put my hair in cornrows. We're in Mexico. The cornrows
2: are a holdover from New Mexico, I do want to add. She does have those in the yeah, New Mexico same.
0: We all know yeah, they're the place. same. One of them's just new. Yeah, one
2: of them's newer than the old one. Uh. Yeah, they do really like to just put her in all sorts of wacky disguises.
0: Just weird hats. Like her hair changes color a couple times and then she cuts her hair towards the end. Yeah, did she ever? Like they never make a dude do that. If you're actually going to have this be, and this is the thing I do really like about this. This is this woman kicks, it just kicks ass. It kicks ass the whole movie. Yeah. And it's awesome. And it looks good. And it feels good. And this also feels like a story that you can and should tell about. When we talk about creating stories for women yeah. that are the same. This movie hits it on the head in a perfect, awesome way. This feels like a woman who is doing her job better than a man ever could, getting less credit for it, and then getting stabbed in the back. Yeah, <laughs> it's it is the it is the basis of what the movie is about, and she comes out on top, and all of that is awesome. So let it her just be awesome. They they keep doing a bunch of the random things that they force female characters to do. When she's finding Ewan McGregor on the beach at the end. Why does she have cleavage? What are we doing? Just let her be a spy.
1: Yeah, I feel like they, they don't sex her up that much considering, you know, the, what the the competition and what Angelina Jolie or, or Fast and Furious movies, that kind of thing is. I mean, they they go for the R rating, but there's there's only really implied sex. That's that's on her terms and giving giving her all the power as well.
2: Yeah. I Speaking of the ending, uh, the, I think the ending is, like, simultaneously fantastic and should be followed more, and also bad. <laughs> like it it, it has two The th- beach with Ewan McGregor? Well, yeah, but all, everything leading up... Not just that. Yeah. Another one of my big issues about this movie is most of the reasoning behind the whole villain's plot and everything that she's gone through is only kind of revealed right at the end, and I don't like movies that tend to do that. I... That scene with uh, Antonio Banderas and the French guy, where they're walking, literally just describing the entire plot, and then uh, McGregor's meeting with Fossman and they're talking about the whole plot. Like, you can't just drop that at the, at the third act, like end of the movie. I, that that really bothered me about. Like, she should find yeah. things about. Mm-hmm. She if, should have found those things out on her own by different means somewhere along the yeah. way. It yeah. really, really stutters and stops the momentum that you're kind of feeling. If that happens
1: but, right before Bill Paxson in New Mexico, but, that, that motivates the better. last couple yep. sequences better. M- yeah. Much
2: differently, it would work way better. But I do like that they just go like you're you're waiting for so and then we get to Mexico and like you and McGregor or Kenneth is just waiting down there. He's like, I'm just gonna go for a walk and they are just kind of <laughs> immediately in the fight scene and like it doesn't even really last very long. It's just a good fight scene for two minutes and then he Yeah, he's dead. Like, that's cool. More movies should yeah. be just a fun, you don't see it coming short ending action sequence that's like cool uh every movie now every action movie for that matter really goes for the long over the top just you know sequence upon sequence in one final action sequence it's cool that this is just fast quick it's exciting and then it's done and the movie's just over and And the last
1: 20 minutes or, or 10 minutes even it kind of switches from spy movie to it's still that, but it's also like 70s revenge movie, which yeah. I think he also kind of yeah. wants to do where yeah. it's like, there's no, there's going to be no forgiveness or anything or she's not, she's going to make him talk and then leave him for the tide to yeah. drown yeah. him. It's like, and there's these also, guys there's and no, se- there's
0: no sequences in between. There's no, there's no time in a very cool way. You're right. It's it which is to the end a, of a Mad Max. Yeah. 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 But it, it And that, exactly what you said, Road Warriors, is why I think that it, it is one of the reasons why John Wick uh, and that franchise has been so good and has sort of like, has has done a sort of massive action well in a modern sense, which is that what they did is they take compartmentalized fights and then just have them continuously transfer. You can have a 12-minute scene that if you break it down, is actually six two-minute scene.
2: Yeah yeah and never overstays its welcome yeah like the second that's, john wick yeah. movie i think the scene where he fights ruby rose is like one of the better more well-designed i think that's two because like they build it up yeah. the whole movie and they're gonna and they fight for a little bit and they fight but like it ends pretty quickly and abruptly and he wins yeah. and like it's a great choice it's yeah. just really really good and it's uh
1: that that's the best of the the bond action sequences too is is like opening of Of Skyfall or the the whole car chase and spy who love me, where it's like we're gonna do a minute or two of a motorcycle and then a car is chasing you and then it's a helicopter and then you're underwater and then there's scuba Mm -hmm, guys, but mm -hmm. it's you have to change what it is every couple minutes or it just becomes really boring if it's just a truck chasing uh, a motorcycle for ten minutes.
2: Yeah. And I did really like that. This movie kind of the ending sneaks up on you really quickly and abruptly and it's a little bit jarring. And you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, but I like that. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, but you're like, I, I think especially with, you know, we've talked about the last 10 or so years where Marvel and Fast and Furious and everything, everything has to be two and a half hours now. And just the last 20 minutes are exhausting. And so, yeah, watching this again or the last two movies Born Identity and Mission Impossible, it feels great having a movie that's under two hours, and you're just like, oh wow, that that kind of did everything, and that's that's all you need. You don't need to watch her kill Antonio (laughs) Banderas and be like, oh shit, like well, there's no way he gets out of this. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Him, him, it would not be interesting watching her kill him because he is not supposed to be good at protecting himself. Yeah, he's the money guy.
1: Well, and even um, even the Ewan McGregor on the beach, I was almost surprised. I feel like most other because it's it's believable that she maybe a little more believable that she has like physical competition from especially Tatum and and a little bit Fassbender the way they do that scene. But like most movies, I feel like if, you know, Ewan McGregor is kind of a smaller guy. You think of like Mission Impossible 3 with with um, Philip Seymour Hoffman or like the end of Gladiator. A lot of movies take the strategy of the the villain cheats and kind of handicaps the the hero to make it believable that they're not just gonna immediately take them down yeah i I think it works in this but it it, uh i I think a lot of movies would go the strategy of like he somehow like shoots her in the stomach first and then she has to still
2: beat him like that yeah no yeah i I, like he doesn't do that and again though he he loses fairly quickly like he fights for a little while and you you should assume he, he is like and a, yeah a, a, not an he's assassin, also a maybe, mercenary or, like, he's, or he's a mercenary too like he, he's got to be able to fight a little bit and they have a little fight and it's fun well choreographed and then she just <laughs> has yeah, <laughs> a fun little fight yeah it's it's charming yeah. <laughs> just two exes going at it you know yeah so
1: we the screening we saw um joel McHale um was was moderating and i remember he um introduced uh michael fassbender by saying uh this our next guest uh well let me just say you all clapped and cheered when he got shot in the face michael fassbender <laughs> uh
0: that man plays like i hate to hate you just better than most people yeah that dude has a face that just is like i don't want to like you but damn <laughs> yeah. damn do i like you um, they made his character I want an entire spin-off of his character. Yeah. They made his character so cool. Especially when you find out later when he's like when he's like, wow, like I've never i I've never killed a woman. Uh and what one, Ewan Gregor's best line in the movie, where he's like, Don't don't think of her <laughs> yeah. as woman. w don't ever think of her as a woman. Um, which is an awesome line. But then you reflect back on him at the party starting to ask her questions about herself. Like that was actually a dangerous line. There's a world, I think, where he accidentally convinces himself into liking her. Yeah. Um, where he doesn't actually end up going through with it. And it's weirdly only because the French guy uh, shows up and because she tries to split apart that, like, they don't have two or three drinks together and get to know each other as human beings. And then maybe he can't do it. Maybe he can't kill kill a woman. Um, but uh, But that doesn't happen.
2: Yeah, I think no. the ending scene sort of makes his character feel a little less like... He, he wasn't really sure about it. He's not maybe necessarily clued into everything on the big picture, and he was sort of just doing doing his thing and got through his job! Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, and he probably I, wasn't a bad guy. He was just bad in the context of this moment. And yeah, he also clearly
0: tried to end it well. How many times does this woman have to get punched in the head? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, she has seven concussions in an hour and a half movie.
1: When... when uh... He's like, um, I, I assume that everyone's motivations are purely professional. He's like, you don't just want me to kill your ex-girlfriend, do you? <laughs> he's like, motivation's money. Motivation's always money. Yeah. Which, I don't know if we totally believe you and McGregor uh, on that one. but uh... Yeah,
0: what the giddiness <laughs> with which he was like, did the divorce go yeah. through?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's another, that's another little choice there. Like, if you've just done this thing do You just start talking into a phone without like hearing the person's voice, like things like that. I know me.
1: that's kind of an action movie well, convention, well, yeah. You,
0: you said it movies, yeah. A lot I of the, lot of the moments in this, yeah. A lot of them, a lot of the moments in this feel like a movie. What I spent like, uh oh, no, I mean, I again, can't live with that. The, the car chase, chase, the car, the car, the car chase that is possibly the most boring car chase that's ever been filmed that was meant to be exciting when they're driving through the woods and they, they like. They're stopped by the cops, and so that she drives a little into the forest, there's a different cop car, so she reverses, and we have this long 30-second, maybe 45-second shot of her driving backwards in a straight line with with two actors doing their best to react, to, like, tear as if this, this is happening. And then a deer hits their car, and she just goes, no, it's fine, we're gonna give up now. What the, why did that whole scene exist? Why have any of that? Just have their, just have like uh, the cops throw the little things out that pop the wheels and she's like, no, hold on, let's just get arrested. Maybe I can talk to them. Instead, they do, they waste five minutes for no reason on this useless scene.
1: Well, they, there was a CG deer that was left in those woods from the Ring 2. Yeah. And so they were like, we don't want to waste this deer. Oh, uh, you got to use gotta... up those CG deers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they stick around they're also for a while. Terrible
0: for, they're terrible for the environment. They have a nuclear half-life yeah. that is yeah. several it, de- several dozens of years.
1: They're like Teslas. You don't think about the carbon footprint of making the batteries yeah! of them. <laughs>
0: Um, but yeah, uh, that, that, uh, that car chase made me really bad. Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, th- that, yeah, a lot of my issues with the movie certainly lie in that whole, as we talked about earlier, that whole plot of her being in New York with some guy that's totally unessential. And then he just sort of saunters off and then apparently he gets a new car at the end of this. Michael yeah. Douglas yeah. buy a new car.
0: Apparently, <laughs> the government is just like, "Here's a new car, kid." Yeah, and also that he's nineteen.
2: Yeah. Which, yeah, I don't know why. What like, they... <laughs> that plot only works though if that character stays in the whole rest of the movie. You know, yes. Like that. That
0: if he is integral to the rest of the movie. Yes, you, exactly.
2: Yeah, to have him just sort of fade away into nothingness is like, then why was he there at all? And. You could mention it's for exposition, but you absolutely don't need it for any exposition either. You could just be showing the movie. It makes sense. She explains just. nothing to him that I couldn't. It's not, have not a difficult up. concept. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh but as
2: Ewan McGregor said, it's just money. <laughs> yeah, it's just money.
0: That's it all makes
1: sense. When Channing Tatum dies, and it, it, I chuckled a little when it it flashes back to them like hooking up in the hotel in Barcelona, because it's like this guy's dying, and instead of thinking about like, oh, he was a good dude, or like, I remember when we got to know each other, she's just like, oh man, like, guy really knew how to find the clitoris. Like,
3: <laughs>
0: it'll well, be it's a also shame. great. It's also great that the that he is about to die, and he's like, we have made we met a week ago, and she goes, it was eight days. <laughs> You dick. <laughs> me, yeah. me, and he and he goes and he goes, Oh yeah, it was eight days. And he's dead within fifteen seconds.
1: Yeah. Even when he's dying, uh, you gotta say, Channing Tatum, you're pretty stupid, aren't you, Channing Tatum?
0: I, you know who's a stupid Kenneth? Because Kenneth said, "You know who I trust out of my whole company more yeah. than anyone." Tatum. This guy, <laughs> this guy, I totally have to kill. Who has a broken arm right now? Yeah. I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna take him to deal with
2: the most yeah. dangerous employee I have. By the way, great choice. One of three people <laughs> I'm gonna take with me has an arm that doesn't work right now. It's in a cast. He couldn't
0: have. And, and also, I, I assuredly know that I'm going to have to kill him too. <laughs> Well, th- maybe that's. it's so
2: funny, too, because you could have just had his arm not in a cast, and I would have totally believed that, too, that he didn't break anything when they fought or whatever, and he's, like, totally fine and maybe, like, out for vengeance. Yeah,
0: she's fine. She got shot, and she's fine. Yeah, this,
2: like, little choice is, like, why is his arm in a cast? And if so, like, why is he here right now? Nobody would ever bring an assassin who only has one arm.
1: I love him showing up in the first scene saying, I'm so hungover, and then asking the waitress do y'all have beer
2: yeah
1: <laughs> he's like, such a bro uh,
0: i like the even even better i like that if you listen closely her response is no i, I wish. wish yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is even better because from him you expect it from her you're like wait 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 it is also the morning for you <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's it's upstate new york it's winter no no one's happy about it no do you think we missed out on the, the window for for Antonio Banderas to have his like Liam Neeson, like John Wick uh re re uh, phase of his career?
2: I do. Yeah. Uh, I think he's too I old now. I
0: don't. I bet he's I bet he's gonna do it, but it's all gonna be Spanish language.
2: It's all gonna end up being mule stuff, like Clint Eastwood Mule type stuff. Oh you know? uh, yeah. He's no, I'd, I'd he's, watch
0: watch movie, in he's a movie that's about to come out. He it's it's I think it's getting decent reviews too. Uh, him and Penelope Cruz are in a movie that's just about to come out It's like this like eccentric comedy
2: I feel I like, like Antonio it, Banderas 2010s I wouldn't trade on Skin I Live In is cool oh yeah uh, oh great.
0: Skin I Live In is so good
2: I saw that movie God, with, if we could, with both of you oh uh, yeah watch that movie. Yeah, yeah,
0: if we could just if we could just find a bond connection there I would totally want to talk <laughs> about that
1: <laughs> Just like oh, well, Antonio yeah, Banderas that is, a bridge too far. is a sexy man. Is the, <laughs> yeah, is
0: there is there a, is there a, is there a Bond thing in Thirteenth Warrior? Because I'd watch that again yeah. too.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've liked Van. De- I don't necessarily need Banderas to make a. Well, I
1: feel like he missed out on the last twenty years. He he could have been making like $30, 40 million dollar like revenge action movies. I that think, would be sweet.
2: I think the difference between like why that didn't happen in, for him and it happened for Neeson is that. Neeson was a dramatic actor who was in better, like, he was sort of elevated, he was nominated for an Oscar in one of his first big roles in Chinloses, like, he was thought of as a serious actor for a long time. Those action movie franchises love to take those guys and put them, where Banderas was always an action star. I mean, his big, I would say, breakout is what, De- Desperado, or?
1: Yeah, Zorro, a bit more so, yeah. but, yeah. So he
2: was kind
0: Absolutely. of, Zorro, is his sort of star maker, but he's in all of those Robert Rodriguez Yeah.
2: So I think him always having been an action star makes that... He can't make that turn into, like, older action star because it's like he was already that for 20 years.
1: Well, but people always like that or pretend like they want that. Oh, Bruce Willis or Arnold is coming back and doing it again. Yeah. Not that those movies are good, but... Yeah. Those movies get made.
2: No, I mean, yeah. maybe, Maybe that's a better way to think of it. I was only... Uh, maybe he's he like, specifically wants to make Mason. good movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe he doesn't want to make that. Well,
0: well that's also what I was also saying is that we, we have to remember that Antonio Banderas can work in, he is one of the few people that gets to work in multiple markets because, as I said, like he, yeah. he's in a bunch of movies that come out that we don't necessarily see or hear about because they don't really make a big splash over here.
2: Yeah. Was he ever in, in uh, an Expendables movie? I
1: think so. I think he was.
0: Banderas
1: he was also in uncharted that's right
0: um yes he's in the expendables um, um and he's in the new puss in boots movie because you gotta you gotta pay the mortgage
1: yep uh i like the the david holmes score of of haywire i feel like it um i mean he, he usually does a good job for for soderbergh and uh, it kind of tells you, does a good job of telling you like what the stakes are in a given scene, like when she's chasing a guy and it's, I don't know, kind of sounds Bond, but a little cornier. And it's just like, a lot of times the music is telling you like, relax and have fun here. And like, then when there's no score, it's like the, there's usually no score for for the most intense, like when she's actually fighting with Tatum or Fastbender or whoever.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I'm, i was actually going to bring it up and i disagree really? with you i really like this score for a, a movie that doesn't exist um i think that the score really does, I, I think that uh, just like the comedy i think that that he was pitched a funnier movie than this is
3: mm-hmm.
0: i think he was pitched a movie that is more that has sort of more of a heightened world this this movie like in all the action scenes and stuff, they're trying—they're they're trying to sit in a very realistic world for like 90% of it, with just like Tweet! a little hint yeah. of the comedy at the end of everything. And then you get into this music, and it's this fantastic, super interesting spy music, but it's all—it's all fast and high and high intensity and up, yeah. right? Like all the music is all this like dun, 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 dun. this stuff that like. It works when he's he writes for for Ocean's Eleven in that style because those people are larger than life. Um, but personally, it the fact that like you have it as you said, it is for just like the movement scenes, the scenes where she's going from place to place. And then I actually think it's kind of jarring that some of the scenes that I think it is jarring some of the scenes that don't have any music. There are certain scenes that are that like Would you... have nothing under them that I'm like, holy shit, why are why am, am I not being guided? Why am I not being helped? Which is what the score is supposed to do.
1: Would you put music in the into the action sequences?
0: I uh, maybe one or two of them, but I'm even there's even dialogue scenes between uh, uh, Kenneth and like when Kenneth and the dad uh, and the dad are talking, it's dead silent
3: mm-hmm.
0: for like. It's that means like there there stretches stretches of this movie where it's silent for like ten minutes, yeah, Um, which like it would maybe work if then in the music you're working with sort of just uh, to quote um, uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall low ominous tones yeah, (laughs) like if that was the transition it's from nothing to just sort of you know, wah then maybe that some of that stuff works but it goes from nothing to like it goes from nothing to like brad pitt yeah it goes from nothing to to you know the like the, the utah boys like like rigging up the safe
2: it's <laughs> funny you mentioned that this is like being a good score for a movie that hasn't existed yet that just got me thinking about how and maybe uh, i don't know if we can round into this like so many soderbergh movies kind of feel like to me just thinking about it a little bit they're like the precursor to a better movie that exists later, and this movie, you're like, this movie does a lot of things really, really well. It's strangely enough, it's very similar to John Wick, and John Wick does yeah. everything better, kind of. Yes, yeah. I don't disagree. They are sim- they're similar worlds. Like she's not, this is not living in a realistic mm-hmm. world. She's a part of this weird black ops team that's just for hire. That's I guess. Paid
0: in cash and and you know, like a perfect example in Barcelona, uh when she chases down the guy, cool cool chase, cool fight, everything quote unquote feels realistic, and then she slams the door on him to keep him down, and then he, instead of trying to get up, flips her off and <laughs> yeah. she flips him off. Yeah. Did I laugh? Yes. <laughs> but was that my f- but was that my first moment where I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what, what world tone, is this? Yeah. What tone does this wanna have?
2: Yeah. Yeah, but you're, you're right. Like it, it has moments of that that feel very much of like the jaunt where they're totally heightened and this is totally its own world. And then it, it kind of wants to bring it back into some level of reality. There's this whole CIA government plot that gets weaved in, but never really that well. And there's this little disconnect in the whole thing. And it's still a good movie, but there is sort of a disconnect. And it just doesn't feel like it's perfectly thought out. Yeah. And then Wick feels like it perfectly figures out what this is kind of trying to go for. I By think ditching the elements about it that don't work.
1: Yeah, I think Soderbergh probably wanted to do kind of classic Bond meets Bourne with like the tiniest little winks where it's he he knows that like like you shouldn't take this that seriously and it, it should be fun. But we're basically going to play it straight is, is what I think they're going for. Yeah,
0: I agree. And I think it, that's the point, right, is that it works for James Bond because James Bond doesn't live in our world. James Bond lives like like J- Jason Bourne lives here. Yeah. That's the point. That's what makes the Jason Bourne. That's what makes the Bourne films interesting and work. And honestly, that's when they start to not work. Is when it, it is when it becomes a, a world that we don't live in. But that's the great thing about Bond. Bond has always existed in a heightened space, in a in a world where when you make a certain amount of money, you get a private military. That's just the world. That's the world in which James Bond lives, yeah. and that is great. And that is why James Bond can do those things. James Bond can have a sick fight scene and then like pick up a martini, t- take a sip of it, and turn and say a catchy line. But when if if Matt if Matt Damon did it at the end of a fight in that in 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 the in the Bourne movies, we would be saying the same thing. We'd be sitting here and going like, Wait, what? Where? Why? What?
3: Yeah.
1: That's definitely. I, I guess they did it a little bit with with Batista and Spectre, but obviously one of the originals is, is um, Bond versus Red Grant and on the the train and From Russia with Love. I, I could take that from that and and Born and and this movie. I, I could have at least once every Bond movie a scene where it's just two or three minutes of Bond versus a dude, no no weapons, just. What, you know whatever's in the the room. I was like those kind of fight scenes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which what one, one reason I like this movie is it's just built around three or four of those sequences oh, Yeah, with just and those two people things, fighting. Yeah, th- th- those They're things so about cool. it are really really good.
2: Yeah. It it none of my issues with this movie really have to come down with like action or cool sequences. It's a little bit like the way I feel about the new Top Gun like the things about it that work work really really well. It just kind of totally neglects certain other things. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's a pretty Weak script. All the characters around Tom Cruise are pretty weak. Like this, just has a couple of things in there where they just feel kind of weak and not really well thought out. Like, but the things that work in it work really well. That that whole Fassbender hotel fight scene. That whole sequence, for that matter, just is really fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a sort of jet. Oh, as
0: as we said, everything from the two. Everything from her getting the even the scene with and McGregor before works. Yeah. Her, her, her receiving the mission, her getting the brooch, her showing up, everything from that to the fight, I love. And then she walked out in that dumb hat and I was like,
2: ah, crap. With the guy in the trench coat just kind of like casually chasing her. Yeah.
0: I was like, this hat is representative of what is wrong with this movie. The rest of her costume is perfect. It makes sense. She's wearing the boots. She's wearing the uh, uh, stretchy jeans for movement. She's wearing a backpack because she has to be able to carry things. She's wearing a light coat because she's in she's in London. All of those things make sense. She's wearing gloves. She doesn't leave fingerprints. I hate that hat.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I just like that, that the guy that's like...
0: That hat is the movie. That hat is the parts of this movie that I'm like, what are you doing here?
2: The, the guy that's following her has got to be the worst spy of all time. A... He's awful. If I was looking for a spy on the street, the first thing I'd look for is, like, trench coat. or like trench coat. A <laughs> tan trench coat. He's just, like, obviously <laughs> walking around with nothing. He's not even pretending to do anything. He's just standing there. He's like, walking. And he looks at her like a bunch. Yeah. He looks at her the whole time. And it's, it's like, it's so obvious what this guy is. Uh, don't, spies, aren't they supposed to, like, you know pretend to be doing something else like oh i'm, I'm gonna buy a paper in the newsstand reading this paper and like you know i'm just
1: gonna pretend to be masturbating
2: yeah i'm a, look i'm <laughs> i'm totally... I
0: also like that this was this was like i also like that this was 2011 but when she hears the cops coming she like pulls out a knife and out of her backpack pulls out a tracker from radio shack in the 80s like she like like she pulls out this this massive like wallet sized tracker <laughs> yeah
2: like a, uh, there will be blood or not a, uh in uh, no country for old men like the tracker from the 80s is yeah it's yeah
0: exactly yeah. exactly i'm like wait, wait wait you were using your phone your blackberry was a was a gps three scenes ago and it's smaller than the thing you just pulled out <laughs> they're doing the same job but one of them can also call people <laughs> like what what are you doing
1: Aside from the action stuff, which obviously she kicks ass, do you like Gina Carano in this movie?
2: Not really. Uh, I she's just not a very no good actress.
0: Yeah, it's it is. I uh, I will I will gladly give it up to like maybe if they had had more time. Mm-hmm. She, she it's it is not that she, there are people who are bad right. There are people who are aggressively bad and just clearly bad. It's not even that there are just the, the way the emotion or the, or the way that she delivers certain lines, it just doesn't really fit or match what other people are doing, which doesn't even say that she's bad. It just says, it just feels like someone who's new.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. It kind of works for me. Just, I think she's really confident and just feels like some, some woman who's in the military or something. Um, Whereas what I don't know, you put her into the Mandalorian, it's like, oh, you don't belong here. Um, yeah, it, it mostly works for me.
2: Yeah. Well, it's, uh, as Max said, it's not aggressively bad or anything. It, it just, it feels stiff. It feels like someone who's never acted before. Yeah. You can kind of feel it. And, and not in a and bad way. it doesn't way. help.
0: No, but it, also, it doesn't help when she has to do a lot of her stuff against, like, some of the best. A lot of her dialogue heavy stuff are against Michael Douglas, Ewan McGregor, and Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Like these are not bad. These are not pushovers. These are legitimate actors who also are all modern actors in that they work in a um, in a conversational manner, right? Yeah. And she, when she's, when a lot of her dialogue feels stilted, it feels as if she is saying something that she has memorized. Now, to her credit, it does sound like her character is saying something memorized, right? I'm not saying that it's bad to that level, but that's that next step where it's like if you're acting with Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor feels reactive. When you say something to him, he it feels like he's listening and and, re- and responding to you in that moment. Channing Tatum, for for uh, to be fair, does the same thing when he sits down uh, at the table. One, he sits down. He 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 doesn't sit full in. He doesn't come fully into the um into the uh, into into frame he's about half in frame swings his head around coughs a little clears his throat regains his thoughts about what he's about to say and then he says what what why am i here he literally trips over his own words on purpose because he's a guy who's hungover, yeah who uh who doesn't want to be here and also secretly knows that if she doesn't come in he has to kill her and you can feel all those things afterwards because of what he's doing, because he's a better actor.
2: I think too, her, her limits as an actor, and I'm not sure, this is purely speculation, might keep them from chasing down some potential subplots that maybe would have been interesting and helped this. I agree, I, 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 I agree. It, they set up a lot of things where you're like, well, this could be a really interesting subplot or even really an emotional motivation for this character. And they never really go anywhere. Like her the fact that she's ex boyfriends with Kenneth, I, if you're gonna introduce that at all, I play I with would it. Play with it. Give it something, give it a little bit of life. Let it be and,
0: something. Yeah, yeah.
2: And again, if you're gonna it have it ends her, up
0: just being it ends up just being fuel for Ewan McGregor. It's not fuel for
2: her yeah. ever. But they could have just easily been coworkers. Like if you're gonna and yeah. she could have just been leaving as a coworker. Like if you're gonna introduce this rom uh, basically this romantic subtext to their relationship pay it off in some way and the same thing with like Channing Tatum if you're going to make them have sex if you're going to make them have this relationship uh, they don't do a really good job and they they try to do it in that scene in New Mexico at the dad's house but it doesn't really land really well like give that a little bit of weight somewhere I don't know mm-hmm. it's just and I, I think it might be her limits as an actress that force them to not really explore those things more. They, it kind of forces them to be really bare bones and utilitarian. And
0: I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if the original script has maybe 20% more dialogue from her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, not a lot, not a crazy amount, but, like, a, there are some certain scenes where she says maybe, like, a four-word response that I think for a lot of people would have been, like, a ten-word.
1: Yeah. So you're making this movie, when it was made, approximately... Ten years ago, you get to shape the the script, uh, cast a little differently. I assume we're all cool with with the the male cast for the most part. What do you think, Emily Blunt? Who would you cast?
0: Uh, it's it would it would be it would be detrimental to the movie, which is probably why they. Uh, it makes the my casting choice makes the movie feel uh, like a lot of movies that this person has done. But I think they would have done a good job. I would choose Michelle Rodriguez. Uh-huh. especially given that exact time period she's a badass she would have been the right age um uh gina carvano is 31 30 31 when this comes out which yeah, i think yeah. is the right like she should this character shouldn't be younger than that because this person has to have been in the military been decorated uh retired and then become the best at this thing that they do
1: i think emily blunt's right about the same age i i think she would have to bulk up and would, wouldn't be as believable fighting Channing Tatum.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't have an, anyone in mind. Both of those would probably work Bet totally Midler? fine for me. Bette Midler, probably, yeah. yeah. I would probably if recast... I, go... I, I think he does a good job in this. I'd probably recast Channing Tatum, too. I, I, uh-huh. I'm i not... He doesn't quite make it for me in terms of... But, even he's, as, but he's cast to play the dumb guy, which he Well, I, I, that to me is... I, I don't really believe a dumb guy would be a part of this sort of thing. I, I think you've got to be smart on some level. If you're dealing with the CIA and and MI6 and things like that, they they don't really... Even as an independent contractor, there's not idiots... To, well, <laughs> there's not people that are that noticeably <laughs> dumb. It, just, it feels like he kind of got shoehorned in to do something that doesn't really make sense in the context of the story. I'd probably recast him for someone a little bit different. I don't know who. I mean, for her... I like Jamie Dornan. Yeah, like he—he he probably would have worked much better for me. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: I think this whole movie works better if it's not—if it's all not Americans. This entire movie feels better uh, if they're all British. Mm-hmm. Personally,
1: yeah, yeah, I get that.
2: I like,
0: like it, it—it allows it to be that quick. Thing. Like, if, honestly, if—if if you make this all British and you change about four different cast people, it's a Guy Ritchie movie. Yep. It's just a Guy Ritchie movie. Steven Soderbergh. Has accidentally made a Guy Ritchie movie. If he adds like twenty percent more jokes and just a couple more accents, you can yeah. even best part. Best part, you can keep you in McGregor.
2: Yeah, no, he still fits in
1: perfectly.
0: Yeah, just so, have him have his voice. So you're it's saying great. Charlie
1: Hunnam has to play the Channing Tatum
2: role? What <laughs> <you're saying. laughs>
0: How old was Charlie Hunnam in 2011? He's probably He's the same age as Charlie, Charlie... Channing, Channing Tatum.
2: Tatum. I think, yeah. If not a little I bit know. older, I think, He's not I think that we young. might.
0: I think we might be unaging Channing Tatum.
2: Uh, All right. Well, <laughs> I, I bet they're a very similar age. Yeah, I think they're both like... We're finding th- out. They're both
1: like 40 now, I think.
2: Yeah.
0: Channing Tatum was born in 80.
2: Oh, guess who was born in 80? Charlie Hunnam. Really? I t- yeah, I told you. They're both yeah. like 40.
0: I am. Charlie Hunnam kind of just first. is
2: English Channing Tatum. <laughs> yeah. Now that I think about it. Who would I cast as like a female star, though? That's not Gina Carano or Emily Blunt. Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, if I could
0: Julie. go, if I could do it in, if I could do it in 2001 instead of 2011, I would do Michelle Yeoh, and it would be badass, and I would watch it a thousand times.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, what about um, the other girl from uh, Crouching Tiger, uh, Z Zhang, and who? Oh t- yeah. Who t- is probably the same age as those guys? Dude. So she's she's probably like early 30s. Ten years ago, she
0: would she would be so good that that is excellent casting that is awesome casting i i see a version i you could you could do it now with uh it would be a little weird but i think she would be a good do a good job you could do it now with um chloe grace moritz
1: she's still i mean i'm sure she's 25 or whatever but she reads really young someone's just like i want to watch an action movie tonight i've never seen heard of haywire do you do you recommend this movie that's a
0: difficult. I would point. say, yeah.
1: Or they're just. It, should I watch this in general?
2: Yeah, uh, it's it's fun. It's uh, short. It's quick. I, it's I, an easy watch.
0: I yeah. I would, I would. I would. I would. I think my caveat would be like, do you have to leave for your dinner reservations in an hour <laughs> and forty? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If yes, watch this. If not, go watch this movie called John Wick. <laughs> And they're and then they're, they're gonna say, Max, of course <laughs> yeah, there's some joy. Yeah. And I'm gonna be and I'm gonna say shh shh, shh shh shh. Watch it again. Because you'll probably see something that you missed or you'll have a scene that you forgot, and it will still be better. John Wick on its fourth watch is still better than seeing this movie for the first time. Which is more a compliment to John Wick than it is a diss of this.
2: I agree, and I I totally agree it's more of a compliment to John Wick. It just gets the elements some of the elements of this movie that it plays with John Wick takes them it turns it up to 11 and it gets it all totally right
0: yeah or watch casino royale casino royale if you've never if you've never seen Haywire, i would bet you're also probably a person that that might not have seen casino royale um because we must remember there are plenty of people that have not seen James Bond movies because they're like nah i don't i don't do James Bond
1: that's true casino royale still made half a billion dollars and th- you know this made like 30 so
0: but it's on stars. That's true. Where the stars are, stars in Paramount Star- Plus
1: are are whatever wants has, to be in streaming yeah. is what they
0: say. Star- stars has stars has power and Outlander, <laughs> the, the, it's got everything.
1: <laughs> Your favorite Scottish sex show, Outlander. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> you know that he uh, he's been pitched a couple times uh, as a Bond replacement. I'm
1: sure he has. Yeah
0: i Charlie, i, you're talking about I Charlie think outlander. might be good mr outlander, story, yeah. Of outlander yeah yeah <laughs> the show outland mr it's outlander. out out his name is his name is outlander it's isn't
1: it sam hugelhorn he- or something yeah, S- sam, S- S- sam, yeah. Sam, a, sam
0: sam boy. <laughs> sam, Hune. sam, Hune. sam Hune.
1: he's a little boy though he's like five six yeah you know, he can't be james bond
0: you are so mean to short people. I, You're not even tall enough to be mean to short people.
1: I'm taller than Tom Cruise. I can be mean to short people.
0: We're all <laughs> taller. Than t- the bar is. I saw. I also saw Top Gun. I saw the scenes where where he and and different characters. Every time they swap whose shoulder it's over, a yeah. different person is taller.
2: Yeah, I think. Uh... I think with Bond you gotta be a little bit taller than 5'6", six maybe. You don't want to chode Bond. You want to feel like they just, he's just
0: put tired. him on a box. Just put him that's, on a box. It's a good Fine. name for a movie Dude. though, Chode Bond. Would you like to? <laughs> would you like to know? Guess, guess how tall he is. Guess how tall Sam Huon is. Five eight. Uh, uh Robert, would you like to guess as to how tall Sam Sam Huyen is? 5'7". 6'3". foot three. No, wow. he's not.
2: Yes, he is.
1: Is that woman you on are... Outlander a giant? Then he he looks short. No on wonder that he's
2: being th- considered for Bond. That's a <laughs> great Bond size. He is six foot three, and and um, you know I've seen cast? the first. I've
0: seen the first couple of episodes. That
2: he's quite tall. Yeah, not to go back to this. I, I I hate to go back to something we already covered. I would cast Scarlett Johansson in this movie if I was doing it in 2011, probably.
0: Sure. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. She was also she, that was exactly the point where the timeline where yeah. you would cast her yeah. too. And
2: she's she's only like
1: mid 20s then, but she's she's Black Widow and she's kind of like
2: ageless in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh. like
1: yeah. Can can play older,
0: but yeah, a, yeah. She
2: does a similar thing to this years later with like Lucy, where it's like I definitely rather watch her in this than Lucy.
0: Uh Ket kit kit catriona belf Jeez. Uh the woman from Outlander is five foot nine.
2: Okay. Pretty big.
0: Um well, now I think he's is... he's
1: too tall. He's gonna make me feel bad.
0: The it's starting to sound like you just don't like <laughs> Mr. Hugh.
1: Uh, what did what did
0: Hune do to you?
1: Besides appearing in Bloodshot with Vin Diesel,
0: I wish I could wear a kilt the way that man wears a kilt. That was
2: probably a Bond killer for him. I doubt he'll he'll get it now. <laughs> but being in a movie that no one saw. Yeah, just the idea that he'd do that I, and it could tarnish his name.
0: The, he's the perfect age too. I'm all I'm on board now. I'm so on board now. I, I think I watch he's a little you. old
2: for Bond. Forty-two is a little old. I Wait, think he's, he's forty-two now. Old. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah casting really he doesn't like really it. think you want to cast a younger person as Bond. Just to think about the long- how long it takes them to make the movies now. You want someone who's got a little runway. I, I think you want a 33 or 34 34- at the time of casting. Someone that when you're shooting's maybe 35 who's about Well,
0: we- Will, you're of a you're of a height between five nine and six three and you're thirty one. I think we we both well, are, Hey, guess yeah. what?
2: I'm the perfect Bond specimen if you were to read the books. So yeah,
0: the t- both of you both of y'all both of y'all fit the very specific criteria we've now set.
2: <laughs> I'm pretty sure in the book's uh, Bond is six foot one, which I'm six foot one.
0: American. There you
2: go. Uh blue blue <laughs> eyes. Jimmy Bond. Jimmy <laughs> yeah. Bond is. Blue eyes, yeah, Jimmy Bond. hundred and sixty pounds. I'm hundred and sixty pounds on the dot. You take the American element out of this, and I'm basically perfect. Maybe I got to get darker. You're basically Bond. Yeah. Basically Bond. Right there. Yeah, I, I got. I'd have to dye my hair a little bit darker, but
0: I'm. Hey, you know what? I like to call myself basically Blofeld. It's. It's in. That's what. <laughs> yeah, that's my username on a lot of different things.
2: Let's make me Bond, your Blofeld, and then Will is uh, lighter. Yeah, I, was, nice. I was trying to think
1: of a an F word to say uh I don't know, fucking Felix. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> you would you would make a great lighter. You'd make a lighter from like you'd be like the 70s lighter who just yeah. sort of shows up and is like, "Hey Bond, I'm not quite yeah. sure what's going on, but America's here for you." You'd Are we going fishing again like lighter. we
1: always do? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> God, I love Felix lighter so much. What's what he needs his redemption. I can't believe he died. Maybe I. I. I know. I said it when we talked about it. I cried. I've. I, I. Man. I love Felix.
1: The way movies are now, I feel like the <laughs> the next movie we're gonna get like Felix Leiter, Q, Moneypenny, Blofeld, and Goldfinger will be in the next Bond movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, so Steven Soderbergh, pretty cool dude. One of the quintessential uh, Gen X directors, I'd say. Um, I would. You know tries a lot of different things maybe strikes out i don't know 30 40 percent of the time depending on how much of a fan or how generous you you want to be but uh even his movies that don't really work i often just kind of admire the the big swing and that he's he's just trying to do something different and he's not gonna make a, a marvel movie he's gonna just get as much budget he can and just make some old school you know noir thriller for hbo or whatever and Uh, Which I I watched that movie A couple weeks ago uh, No Sudden Moves And uh, really enjoyed it
2: Yeah Haven't seen that yet I I would say yeah Definitely a very Quintessential Gen X director Very very You know Big in our lifetime I You you talked about this A little bit And mentioned that You know One of the things I think that Sort of why he doesn't Always make it Is he's always sort of Dipping his toe into things Mm -hmm. As opposed to Never really having formed his own style. So I feel like in general his filmography. While he does have very. He has very particular traits as a filmmaker. It's not to say that he's not. like a, Has a really defined vision in terms of what he likes. Sometimes I feel. It's all a little bit disjointed. And even within the context of the movie. Is itself a lot of times it's disjointed. I I think it's funny to me. I Many many times for him. He, he does something cool. Where. But it feels like somebody comes along and does the same thing much better. And I going back even to the start of his career, like Sex Lies and Videotape, that's a really cool movie because it's a low budget sort of guerrilla filmmaking style movie. You know, there's at the time it was extremely novel in eighty nine. Nobody was making movies that way. But, you know, sure enough, a couple years later I think someone like I take Quentin Tarantino comes along and he just mm-hmm. kinda does that same sort of thing better or
1: I or, would say Sex, Lies, and Videotape is closer to like uh, uh, Todd Saunders' like Happiness or like uh, American Beauty or Little Children,
2: uh, more like Study of a... Well, no, I'm not talking about necessarily the... I'm just talking about the whole idea of just making an indie movie with no money, with okay. no budget, you know, yeah. just getting a couple of decent actors and just going out and doing it. This is more, yeah. you know, at that point when he makes that movie, that... That doesn't exist yet. That whole indie film market is not there. People yeah. are not making movies for two million dollars, or in the case of like a Kevin Smith, or even a Robert Rodriguez for, you know, just, uh, what five figures at a time. Nobody's doing that. He does yeah. that before anyone else does, and it's really cool, and it it sort of paves the way for a lot of other people, and that's a really really novel.
1: Yeah, but, he kind of comes out with Spike Lee and and the Coen Brothers that uh, just just right before Tarantino, just at that right time. before
2: yeah, but he he lays the groundwork, I think with that for a lot of filmmakers to say oh i can go out and make something for very little money can be acclaimed but other people just sort of do it better hey wire's a great it's to me like he does some really cool things in this movie someone takes the elements of it that work and they make it they do a much better version of it with like a john wick and i would point out the informant is another movie for me a lot of that's really i don't know if you guys have ever seen that i haven't seen it in a really long I time saw it. I, re-
0: I, I really like it actually yeah
2: i saw it when it came out it it reminds me a lot it's a very very interesting movie again Parts of it are really good, parts of it don't work. Yeah. But it's yeah. it it's a very interesting comment commentary on just kind of the current American capital system you know, system and everything. But like Adam McKay comes along and does that much better with like the big short later or something. I don't know. It's Yeah. It it feels to me like he's just one of these guys. I think there's only three times in his career where he went into something where it wasn't just sort of like dipping his toe, just sort of trying something out, where he comes in with a fully fleshed out vision for it we'll so hold, and they all hold occur on in, what those are i don't understand the yeah. yeah but I, and it all occurs in really really quick succession yeah and yeah so that's that's the end of my uh my Soderbergh uh spoken word essay for to kick off our top five listing
1: <laughs> do you have any thoughts uh you want to convey on Soderbergh before we we rank them max
0: no, I'm I I I'll be dead honest for a person with a massive oeuvre um not a person that I have ever like put a, a whole bunch of like thought or stock into, mm-hmm. right? Like a person like when people are like, "Man, have you seen that new Soderbergh?" Never has that been a thing that I've had either a positive or a negative reaction. Um I like a lot of his movies yeah i dislike some of his some of his movies um but like not a dude that like i have a huge reaction positive or negative to yeah he's so, not i'm um, so i'm kind of excited i'm kind of excited to like do this because he's he's released
1: yeah so many movies he, oh he works all the time and he's threatened a yeah. couple times to quit and he said that he was quitting and then i think in the last five years he's just <laughs> said like i understand what new hollywood is and i'm fine working i can hack it and like work in it and i'll make movies for for netflix or whatever i need to do because i want to work basically yeah he Um, seems
2: like a bit of a mercurial guy yeah he seems very intelligent yeah he's got some fantastic instincts like i I didn't really know that until i was looking at it yesterday whenever like he was supposed to do insomnia and he was the guy that sort of instead of doing insomnia said oh you should get Christopher nolan to do insomnia Mm -hmm. he's obviously got a great eye for talent yeah he's He's a he is kind of a singular fascinating figure in the world of film and that's definitely one of the biggest filmmakers in our lifetime yeah. whether or not I like all of his movies he's a big deal
1: Neither is on my list but I I liked both of his streaming movies with with Meryl Streep um I think Let Them All Talk and then The The Laundry Mat was the one for for Netflix like those are both solid movies that he just tossed off for for streamers Yeah um yeah he'll, he'll
0: let, make... them, let them talk I, let them talk i also read was shot in two weeks he,
1: I, I believe it but like in a way and that's it's, like and it's
0: almost all uh it's almost all um uh uh improv
1: that's that's crazy and that's a pretty good movie
2: oh i was also um, like, he just randomly did all the second unit on some movie like a big movie. oh yeah
1: he when oh, he like you know, he, I said before how he's been his own cinematographer for, I think, at least most of his movies well, yeah, for the past 20 great. years. He also was the cinematographer on Magic Mike XXL, which he did not direct. He just, like, gave it to a, a friend of his yeah. to direct. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. He was just like, yeah, man, I'll shoot it for you. Yeah. Like,
2: <laughs> uh, What is that movie, though? He did the second unit direction on some, like, massive movie.
1: Wait, uh, should we... <laughs> just, the, um, but
2: just the second unit, which is... Weird. You never would get... Like a director like that to do that, and he just does it randomly.
1: Yeah, Owen Owen, he he does um he's got his his website like blog that I, I read some of on our um Honor Majesty's Secret Service episode where he wrote a whole thing on that. He posted um like a black and white version of Raiders of the Lost Ark with no sound and the score from the social network on his website and was like just watch this and like color doesn't matter the music doesn't matter just pay attention to what a visual genius spielberg is oh, and like okay storytelling I thought,
0: <laughs> no he was i thought you were i thought you were saying that he was gonna do some sort of like like pink floyd matches up like i thought, <laughs> i mean i that, think that's it, what you're going for
1: it, it, i think it was kind of like that like if, if he, you told me he smoked a lot of weed before he
0: did that uh, easy to believe <laughs> if you told me that a lot of directors smoked a lot of weed before they did a lot yeah, anything, of shit yeah it, it makes sense the
2: movie that he did the second unit direction on and only the second unit was the hunger games the first one. Oh, that's, that's right. crazy i just
0: saw i just found that too
2: <laughs> just like yeah he'll say that he did that <laughs> he'll
1: yeah he'll he'll make a couple movies that you know are are reviewed okay and i don't watch or whatever and then he'll just come out with like a logan lucky that and even that i don't think was successful it's like oh this is really fun yeah. like I, I love seeing daniel craig and and adam driver play these comic roles and and he he gets
0: let's not talk about the movies that okay. might, may or may not <laughs> yeah. be on people's list
1: uh but he gets actors like that to and and like clooney like like him and the coen brothers will get act you know quote-unquote serious actors who make serious movies to kind of play and and have fun which which i always like because it's you know they're doing it for a prestige director or whatever yeah um okay without further ado uh who want you want to go for you want
2: to start i think you usually start the
1: uh sure i'll I'll, uh my my number five is uh sex lies and videotape his his uh you know kickoff movie Is, is that you as well it, it almost was.
2: I <laughs> oh, I really wanted to be... <laughs> uh, uh, did you include it in... No, no. Okay. But it, that was almost number five.
1: Um, yeah, because I, I, I almost didn't include it because there was another movie I wanted to talk about, but it's, it's so important, and I rewatched it, and it is really good and just a great example of, like you were saying, what you can do with, with no money and, yeah. and some good actors and a, a good writer. Uh, yeah, solid solid uh, movie. uh, uh Max?
0: Uh yeah, my number five my number five is Logan Lucky. Um Super fun. It pro- it probably sneaks on because of recency bias. Um I really had an awesome time watching it. It yeah. feels good. It feels good to watch everyone in it. Just as you said, it feels as if he pulls things out of people that, that other directors might not. Yeah. Um so I, I love it when, when just as you said, someone like a Daniel Craig or or, or an Adam Driver who we have seen both be funny, we have both seen both be, be character actors, but to have them sort of weave the, this weird world together, really awesome, Love. I, I, I think that movie's a bunch of fun.
2: Number five for me, again, probably should have been Sex, Lies, Infinity, if it's more significant, but this is probably a boring choice, Contagion. Oh, I like that movie. Really? It's very watchable. It's it's actually probably more interesting now than it was when it came out because of everything we know sure. about pandemics and, you know, response to them and everything. And it's a movie that just sort of, uh, I will say, like, Haywire flows really smoothly. It's a movie that just kind of flows really, really smoothly. Did we see that together? I don't think so. Okay. I I,
0: I may have seen it with you, Will. Um,
2: yeah, that, I, that might have come out in 11, too. With,
0: it came out in 11. It came out in 11. Uh,
2: it's funny I thought I
1: remembered you max saying something about how you weren't gonna see that because it it wasn't a movie it was like an experience or so or like that's what, what well that? that's
0: what I was no, no no you're you're remembering two things it's because I watched it and I didn't like it Oh, okay because I watched it and I was like that and I and I did I, I said that it's not a, it's not really a movie it's, it's, it is just sort of like in an, and an, it, it it's now been a long time since I've watched it so I can't even really fully explain it but it's like it feels like an explanation of an event more than it does about a movie none of the the characters don't feel like they're characters they feel like every single character is secondary to the to the sort of message that he, that the film wants to send but in a way that i feel is detrimental to the actors not a pause
1: I, I think i might be confusing or, or mixing in our conversation about that movie and you're telling me why you didn't or why you weren't going to see Tree of Life, which was around the same time. I did not. I did not see. I still have
0: not seen Tree of Life. I will not see Tree of Life. I am fine. You're uh, a smart
2: man. You know that?
0: <laughs> Some movies, I'm just like, even it. it's, And it's not. Damn it. This is not about Tree of Life. But I will say, I'm sure that many moments of it are gorgeous, and beautiful, and great, and awesomely directed. I just. I, Life is finite. <laughs> and I can't.
2: It's just I, I don't
1: smoke weed and if you don't smoke weed you're probably not gonna
2: <laughs> it's,
1: it, it didn't yeah, yeah. I would and, I, and have, I like have probably have, half have, of Alex movies yeah.
0: I have episodes of 30 rock to rewatch <laughs> all right I have things to do with my life Uh
1: uh what's my, your number 4? <laughs> my number 4 is uh traffic uh which I just rewatched and uh real real Tour de force like it's like you were just saying uh in, in your opinion of uh, Contagion the uh characters are are you know it's a real uh ensemble and they don't feel fully formed I think Traffic really pulls that off where there's like you know it's like a Robert Altman if, if he did like more of a, a thriller or something or um there's like 12 characters that all kind of feel like there's they have enough uh meat uh, underneath um yeah, really good, really impressive, uh, affecting movie. Kind of a, a precursor slash companion piece to to Sicario. It's like if you want to flip this from like drama thriller to like more of an action movie, you get Sicario out of Traffic. I think. Yeah,
2: yeah, they are they're similar in tone, and and you know you could and make an argument where that's another thing. Like someone kind of did that same thing later, and did a, and you could argue it's maybe yeah, maybe yeah. better. But I, I, I really like Traffic, so but but,
1: but it's it's the traffic you're getting behind the scenes whereas like sicario is all on the the front lines basically
2: yeah Yeah, and that and that's traffic so like you said there's many characters there's a lot of intersecting storylines it's not so singular in its narrative the way that sicario is
1: and both are kind of like in some ways cinematic uh like grandchildren to chinatown i feel like and that just like when you get to the end of it you're just like oh this is all fucked like (laughs) what can you possibly do here yeah
0: It's all traffic.
1: (laughs) It's all the 405, Jake.
2: (laughs) Number four for me is Out of Sight. Very good movie. Fun little thriller. Yeah. Has a fantastic opening prison escape sequence. Yeah. Has a really, really, probably Clooney at maybe his most charismatic. I actually think, in some ways, my favorite Clooney is the like 96 to 2001 Clooney that's like dust. From Dusk Till Dawn, this, Ocean's Eleven, mm-hmm. uh, Old oh Brother Where Art Thou, I think all those are kind of in that period.
1: Yeah, but Monuments Men is your favorite movie of all time. To, yeah, to be clear. yeah.
2: But I'm not calling that a Clooney movie because it's kind of okay. an ensemble yeah, with Bill Murray and John Goodman and... Because everyone's Well, and the, the,
0: the, yeah. and, and the monuments, yeah. Right. yeah and the exactly. Monuments <laughs> themselves. Yeah, the Monuments themselves. The Monuments are themselves really the
1: character. Yeah, oh, New York City's really a character in the, that movie as well. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but it's just a fun little movie it's it's not significant uh, I, uh yeah. I appreciate how good of a performance it gets out of jennifer lopez probably her best acting
1: yeah yeah no and that was before before like mainly what hu- hustlers like people would always talk shit about her film career which you know you can talk shit about her film career but her talent as an actress and i'd always be like you gotta watch out of sight though. Yeah, like, yeah, le- legitimately chemistry with Clooney, and she's yeah. really good in the movie. Yeah,
0: and it, weirdly, we, I know that I'm, I'm gonna catch a little like of this. Weirdly, Made in Manhattan. I knew you were. I, no. know, <laughs> I <laughs> was like, why?
1: Why am I thinking that Max probably loves Made in Manhattan?
2: I love I love rom coms so much. <laughs> I think. That, no, she I can't think act. That, she's not a bad actress.
0: Yeah. Oh, but no, but she is bad in in a lot of stuff and in certain things. I I actually think that she does a really good job in in Manhattan. Uh, I didn't I didn't think I, that <laughs> Made Manhattan was gonna come to mind while we were doing this podcast. Okay, here I'm we are. I blame
2: Geely for most of that.
0: Yeah, my my number four is uh, is Sex Lies and Videotape. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. I, I there's not a whole lot to talk about about it because there shouldn't be a lot to talk about. It's great. Uh, what he pulls out of James Bader and Andy McDowell is awesome. Uh, it's you know like that movie is awesome. I think that movie.
1: Uh, my number three, Ocean's Eleven. Uh, yeah, I don't know what needs to be said either. Just super fun, cool, rewatchable. Uh, that, definitely the first of his movies that I've seen, and probably the one I've seen the most.
2: That That is also my number three. Yeah. It's a great movie. Nothing needs to be said. I think yeah. it's one of the, I would say, the three examples where I'd say he makes kind of a fully fleshed out, and he's not dipping his toe. It's just, it's, it is what it is. He goes yeah. for it. He's got a vision for it, and
1: and it's kind of as as weird and and stylish as it can be while being a commer- very commercial movie that's going to make 3 400 million dollars like yeah.
2: yeah and and it's just to me i think the reason why it's it's not maybe 2 or 1 like you might think it is just because of its significance in his career i i think he does it's it it's probably his biggest hit it's his biggest hit yeah. for sure but I, yeah that speaking of these three movies that are totally fully fleshed out it's the one that probably has the least amount of emotional resonance to it. And that's why it comes in at three, but it's a great movie. Super fun. Again, very charming Clooney. Great Julia Roberts. We talked about it a little bit lat. I mean, you know, Matt Damon's obviously good. Not not necessarily. It's got a good ensemble cast. Yeah. Other than Clooney, no one really sticks out, but they're all really, really good.
0: My number three with a bullet is, what. my number three with a lawsuit is Aaron Brockovich um probably could be higher probably could be lower i don't know it's aaron barkovich i i'll be dead honest i think the farther we get away from it the less memorable it will be mm-hmm. and as, and le- uh, other than as a very important part of julia roberts career yeah um like it's not which is not the fault of the movie it's the fault of the subject matter right mm-hmm. where, where I, I do honestly think that like it's just it's not gonna be crazy like important, relevant, unless you're talking about Julia Roberts' career specifically.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of legal dramas. There's we got fucking Chernobyl now. If you want to talk See, about uh,
0: radiation yes. <laughs> killing that, people, and
1: and, um, and this
0: that is exactly what it, what what it is, and that is exactly what I'm going to kind of talk about with my top two is is because this man is a chameleon. What are his best of of quote unquote certain genres? And and Aaron Bruckovich, great movie. She is obviously so freaking good in it and so it's my number three uh
1: you you said you're oh yeah we were both oceans 11 um yeah my so my three through five i feel like were the that combo of like movies i really like and movies that are really important to his career uh my one and two are uh lesser movies of importance and and monetarily of his career they're just my shit that i i love uh number two for me is the limey uh have you guys seen this movie
2: yeah (laughs) no Uh, it's it's a good i love what's this though i I love
0: mcdowell uh terrence Terrence stamp or it's uh uh, sorry yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. um
1: yeah it's really cool terrence stamp uh it's some sort of probably gangster in in london he comes to LA because his daughters died uh under mysterious circumstances they they say it's an accident but he doesn't believe that bullshit and he's gonna get to the bottom (laughs) of it and kill a bunch of people and there's that shot where there's a scene where he goes into like a warehouse of like some gangster dudes and you just like hear some gunshots and he like leaves one guy alive and you're just seeing from the outside of the street and then it's just he comes out of the building and is walking towards camera and he's like Call so and so. Tell him I'm fucking coming. <laughs> it's awesome.
3: It is it's, a really. Good it's edit. a great like
1: he. That's one where he just decided like I'm gonna make a 70s like revenge flick yeah. like exploitation and it's like, but but shoot it really cool and edit going you know back and forth and in, in time uh, like we talked about earlier and uh, yeah I, I really enjoyed that movie. Uh,
2: number two for me is Aaron Brockovich okay i like i just think it's a good movie yeah it's, a good I, it's, movie. it's it's an underdog story it's kind of a legal drama but most of all it's just kind of an underdog story it, it just feels like it knows I, I, the only way i can describe it i don't have to say anything more like it, it feels like it knows what it wants to be it feels fully fleshed yep. out it feels like it just just goes it next is, it it is it's succinct a, it's a very succinct great movie with a great character and i don't feel yep. like it's he's dipping his toe into anything I don't necessarily feel like he's trying to like riff on anything it doesn't feel like just style it just feels like he's like yeah it's a pretty cool story again not probably terribly significant the further we get away from it but he's like it's a cool character it's a cool story with cool stakes and he just goes out and makes it I think it's a great movie
0: yeah it benefits from from being based from being real it benefits from yeah. having a story from having a beginning middle end and having a real human being that he can he can live with right
2: yeah, yeah it certainly does
0: uh my number two is
2: out of sight i love out of
0: sight it's it's awesome (laughs) just just they're both great in it and just the the the, all of the scenes between them are so so good i i don't it is i don't have great words to talk about it because honestly i haven't rewatched it in a long time and i should because it's that level of good that like just thinking about how much i like to watch it makes me want to rewatch it
1: Oh, and like, like Haywire, I mean, like a lot of his movies, the supporting cast is just crazy, where every scene, maybe for one scene, maybe for two or three, you're just getting uh, Catherine Keener, Louise Guzman, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, who's at Dennis Farina, I think, right? Yeah, is is yeah, her Dennis dad Farina, like yeah. <laughs> that's oh, Mike, Michael Keaton, um, same. So I think it comes out what a year after jackie brown and yeah, michael keaton 98? Is, 98? is playing the same character as he played in jackie yeah. brown we're sort of a fun little shared universe of uh was it leonard um yeah uh, leonard elmore Le- uh yeah because it's a leonard elmore novel i think or yeah. short
2: story maybe or something yeah
1: yeah i think they're they're both <laughs> novels of his uh yeah that movie's awesome
2: let's uh let's do number ones
0: will let's hear it
1: oh it's out of sight it's, uh wow
0: yeah. sweet um it's uh it's a ving ramus vehicle
1: uh... <laughs> yeah oh done i didn't even mention tom Cheadle as the as the bad guy yeah
3: it's
0: um, just it's uh it's just a damn su- good
1: movie it could have been higher I, on my list i yeah, yeah it's it's just like, him to, yeah to, deciding to to make a really good sexy thriller that's one of the the like i think sexiest scenes in in any movie is him he's he's riffing on um he was inspired by the, the scene in um don't look now where you're cutting back and forth between uh i think it's it's um donald uh, sutherland and julie christie like talking or it's like the foreplay and then their sex scene and it's he's doing that in like the hotel with george clooney and um jennifer lopez uh like their their flirtation in the hotel and then, um, th- them like getting undressed and going to bed that just like really works in a way that you'd think it it shouldn't. It's just so well done.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, it's badass. Uh, I'll go. I'll go next. Uh, my number one, Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it, probably his highest grossing, unless Twelve grossed more um who knows i mean well the internet is one I'd... of the three yeah yeah exactly um but that doesn't matter it is it is up there because one it's my favorite it's the one that i've seen the most and that i could rewatch almost at any point point. and in that grain, and here's where i'll talk about it just a smidge because i didn't want to talk about it without a sight because we all really love out of sight i know that i put oceans a little higher than y'all and i think that it's because in the in the specific genre that it is in of heist film, I just think that in the last in our lifetimes, it is one of the best that has come out. I, yeah. I think that that it is this this it it knows in every sense exactly what it is and what it wants to be. Everyone in the cast gets it. Stodderberg gets it. The music is perfect for it. The setting of Vegas is perfect for it everything about that movie is set up so that you know what the tone is going to be start to finish and it delivers on every single aspect of it um i i agree with you that like there are other movies that have that that i think are better of his or have better scripts or have uh better performances as outliers but as a complete sort of picture this one's my favorite i think this one's the best
1: it's one of the best remakes i think like this century like and it's and it's him doing, like, uh, Carpenter on the Thing or something, where you're taking something that 30, 40 years ago didn't quite reach its full potential.
2: And it's I, I would say that's in the best remake ever category. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Has mm-hmm. there ever been a remake that's been well, as and... su- financially successful and just objectively better than the previous have you seen yeah it's not not that good
1: taking something that's kind of a joke that's kind of an excuse for the rat pack to hang out in vegas and like making a real movie out of it and like what if we take the biggest stars of today and like but make it a legitimate ice movie i was gonna say
0: but and, and that is the exact thing right there are astoundingly good remakes but there mm-hmm. a lot of them are like remakes that where the original is is also the high high quality, right? Because the departed is one of those answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's based on like an astoundingly good award winning award winning Japanese film. Like like, you know, that there's there's the Thomas Crown affair, I love the original Thomas Crown affair is good. The fly uh, is,
2: is what the Vincent Price fly is pretty silly. Yeah, it's that's like the thing from another world's yeah, a little. So I'd say the thing definitely, but not financially successful like Oceans Eleven. Um,
0: like Oceans, Oceans is is what I will say that I have a soft spot in my heart for both the Italian Job and Pretending um, to. Um, I, I would say the
1: three... the newer Italian Job is pretty objectively better than the the '60s one. This, the Michael Caine movie is not that great.
3: No,
0: it's no, it's it's not that great. But it's not bad. It's not. Yeah, it's yeah. not like um but but what, what you do, what you don't have though is that the, the italian job remake was successful but it was not successful on the multiple layers that that uh oceans was where oceans was was a critical and monetary success like italian job i think had like okay like mediocre reviews yeah you know. um i think it's great and i love the script and i love donald sutherland um and that movie's awesome what are we going to talk about the Italian job? I could talk about the Italian job for three hours.
2: Oh, I think we have a movie to pick, but I still have to name my number one. And I would Please. say that the interesting thing is I think we all kind of basically had the same movies in there. One through four are all interchangeable for me. And I think that's what made this a fun list to make is kind of like, all of them I kind of just like the same. I'm only putting this number one because I find the subject matter interesting. Traffic is my number one. Soderbergh movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. I Yeah. It's got fantastic performances across the board. It deals with a very interesting subject matter. I saw it... I, I don't think I saw it when it came... When did it come out? Like 2000? Mm-hmm. Same year as Aaron Brockovich. Uh, yeah, same year as Aaron Brockovich. And I, I didn't see it right when it came out, but I probably saw it shortly after as a, still a pretty young, young kid and was very illuminating in terms of some of the real problems of the world. It's a very good social drama, so... I have a soft spot in my heart for it and i always put that down as my my number one sorry for my name. It
0: is yeah he is so much better than crash which tra- d- does the same thing later and is more successful yeah, speaking works. of speaking of like the the that exact like thing though yep right um that's an example of someone I
2: doing something more successfully but not as good as him which is yeah
0: a... yeah, yeah yeah exactly
2: uh shout out to
1: to magic mike a, a good movie that uh, a lot of people saw and side effects a, a very good movie that hardly anyone saw
2: <laughs> <laughs> got, got a, the, the informant could have been on here i like that movie a lot
0: i the informant was almost on mine because again i really like it and also i, I think as i said it on the last one it's one of my favorite matt damon performances mm-hmm. uh i think that like parts that and that that's the thing that's just the thing about soderbergh and that and it, it's just the silly hat on the head <laughs> Of, G- of of G- of Gina Kermit Kermit, Kermit. It, it's just that G- is Gina his, Kermit
1: the Frog? Is
0: G- yeah, the frog. It, it, that that is his eternal thing. And a lot of our movies that we that we just said were so good, the reason we said they were so good is because they were the thing they are. Yeah. And then a lot of his other movies, that's just the unfortunate bit is that a lot of his other movies are just ninety percent the thing they are and ten percent of a silly hat.
2: Yeah. I can't think of it any the way that it was Just dipping his toe, and, and yeah. he tends to make some fatal mistakes when he's only dipping his toe. Well,
1: that I, I just remembered in the last few minutes. Like I mean, before we were talking about him earlier, Channing Tatum. But like you were saying, Ocean's Eleven probably still his biggest hit. Magic Mike was a huge hit, though. It was like huge.
0: That's, and well, that was just it. Will a, have made it will have made him more money because he produces all oh, the yeah. like. Um, he probably um, made the tours. most off that. And he, he, he like, there's documentaries. Like, he has made a bunch of content post-it that makes him money, like, right now. There's a that's, Magic Mike show in, in Vegas. And I also think one in Australia.
1: Yeah, that's probably the most important movie of the last decade of his career. And that was, like, that was the year after Bridesmaids. And that was, uh, you know, another moment where it was just, like, you know, every producer in Hollywood seemingly goes, oh, women go to movies? Like, <laughs> what?
0: Uh... <laughs>
2: Fascinating guy, fascinating career.
0: Let's uh, uh, let's pull a thing out of a thing. I got you
1: some things in a thing royal bag. Yeah, I, I threw out a bunch actually this week that uh, I think you'll be you'll be happy with. I'm not gonna make us watch uh, our man Flint or in like Flint.
0: <laughs> any of the Flint's. Thank I, you. I,
1: I think would have been rough. A few like that. You still have the power to to uh, outvote me and, and, and <laughs> do be we each. A veto have, yeah, any do you each
0: have a veto, or like a veto or something? Oh, like
1: I, I was gonna say on on any of them, you can you can both two against one me and and say right. we don't want to do this. I, I think these are mostly uh, Bond related movies that we'll all Let's like or, or have a, a good
2: time talking about. The Avengers, 1997. I will absolutely talk about that. I would actually <laughs> love to because I've never seen it. I've
0: never seen it either. I, there's, Of course I've never seen it.
2: <laughs> That's the Uma Thurman...
0: Yeah, yeah, Ray
1: Fiennes. Ray Fiennes okay. And with Sean Connery yeah. as the villain who I think uh, controls the weather.
2: Yep. I, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> now, no. we're, now we're really getting back to our oh, roots here. Oh, right? like, no.
1: <laughs> oh, no. I mean, we. so this is my... Like for for our, our I'm second like segment, it. the worst part is I'm gonna <laughs> like it, and oh. you two are gonna make fun of me. I'm definitely gonna like it. Max, do you know who the main henchman of this movie is?
0: No, I see. You, you know what? Wait before you say it. You know what? You know what I know about this movie. I know that a young Max saw it at a lot of blockbusters.
1: Yeah,
3: <laughs> yep.
1: Uh, I believe the principal henchman of Sir Sean Connery in this movie is Eddie Izzard. Ow! <laughs>
0: <laughs> my crux <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be that thing wait i will ask in do you have in that bag there's almost no reason why you should but do you have um uh uh league of extraordinary gentlemen in there Ooh, I. Ge- c- there's no reason no, to because the connection is just connery
1: yeah well that was and and here's like i i actually pulled out hunt for red october and then i put it back in because i was like we should yeah hunt for red red october. October. No, it deserves to be in there it deserves to issue. be in there yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's, fine it's to be in there. It's a spy movie
0: with Connery. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, it's got
2: a little bit of connective. It's got a, a pretty famous book spy in Jack exactly, Ryan. In yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. That is the that's the that there are so many threads, and that honestly is the strongest one. Um, no, and Fiona Shaw is in it too. I love Fiona Shaw. <laughs> Look, Angie I've, Rodman. I'm gonna like this movie. I've, this sucks.
1: <laughs> I've seen like we can like it. I've, no. I've seen like I've seen probably 20 minutes of
0: this movie on TV. Oh no. Um, I will ask real fast: Is spies like us in your bag? <laughs> no. Do you want me to put it in?
2: Yes, that should absolutely yeah. be in there. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. Are you kidding? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Road Warrior, because it, because that is so, that is so very inspired by Bond. Come on.
1: All right, it's it's going in the bag. It's got skiing
0: what about uh what is it called what's the what's the one about the stealth plane with um with uh uh, uh, stealth? uh with... no no not that <laughs> one not that oh, one oh, fi- firefox eddie uh um yeah with with um clint eastwood uh, firefox no but oh i read i read firefox the book the book is actually good um uh no the one what, what the uh, hell is fire with Fox? eddie murphy Firefox is a is a oh, book Jesus. about a
1: plane that gets stolen. Don't don't ask me to watch I Spy. I, I I've, Spy. I've seen
0: I Spy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Are you telling me that that doesn't have James Bond? Are you telling me that that has more James Bond than than it, this movie had? Or, it sorry, absolutely less James Bond than does. This movie had? I'm saying is I... is a
2: book or a movie or
1: what
0: is it? Firefox is a book and a movie, and there's a sequel.
1: I, I'm not saying I Spy doesn't have James Bond all over it. I'm just saying, you know, I took out the Flint movies because no one wants to watch that shit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like... but there's a difference between bad because it's like I Spy is is at least watchable. Bad, bad, watchable, right? Like there's a differential there.
2: Yeah, well, it's of our um, era. We grew up with it. It's got a language yeah. that we really understand because it's made for, in some ways, us as an audience. Where our man Flint. And Casino Royale that we watched is the parody James Bond. They're, they're made for an audience that's not us.
1: Yeah. All right, I'm 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 putting in Operation Kid Brother with Neil Connery.
0: You're putting in putting in Operation Dumbo Drop is what you're putting in. I know, I'm just putting in Tim Burton's Dumbo. The,
2: I like that movie. <laughs>
0: um, we're putting in Scrooged. Scrooged has a lot of <laughs> Bonds. <laughs> um all right let's 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 call it yeah
1: all right thanks to everyone for listening check out our social media please uh like and subscribe rate and review and we'll see you soon for a discussion on 1997's the avengers with ray fines and with Ehrman and sir sean
3: Connery.